you're seeking biblical wisdom and understanding in these difficult and trying times, and you recognize the power of God's Word to delve deep into the issues of the heart, then welcome to Biblical Counseling Today with Dr. John Kwasney, husband, father, counselor, author, and teacher. Join us for Christ-centered, gospel-driven truth concerning our individual, marital, and parenting struggles. This is Biblical Counseling Today. As parents, it's tempting to equate disciplining our children with punishing them. While discipline has a punitive aspect to it, we should never reduce it down to simply punishing children for their bad behavior. It's good to remind ourselves that discipline shares the same root word with disciple. We know what a disciple is, right? A disciple is a person who follows another for the purpose of learning. To be discipled is to be trained by another to learn to live as that other person lives. So as disciples of Jesus, we are not just lovers of Jesus, but we are students in the school of Jesus, learning from our teacher Jesus to be conformed to his image. In the same way, the central purpose of discipline is to train a child to learn certain habits of mind, body, and soul. Discipline is intended to produce a disciplined person. Now, the original use of the word discipline was most closely associated with the idea of military training. Even if you have never been in the military, it is not hard to imagine what military-style training looks like. It is an oxymoron to have an undisciplined soldier, since discipline is at the very core of what a soldier is. As Christian parents, then, we must have the same mindset when it comes to disciplining our children, especially since we are always in a spiritual war all of our lives. We should have the goal of godly self-discipline for our children. We should recognize that they will need this self-discipline in order to fight against their own sin, against Satan, and against the forces of this world. An undisciplined Christian is truly an oxymoron as well. It's like saying that I'm a Christian, but I don't follow Jesus. I'm a Christian, but I lack any interest or ability to be like Jesus. It doesn't make any sense. But the reality is that we have scores of children being raised in Christian homes who are not developing into self-disciplined young people. Why is that? Many may simply assume self-discipline will come on its own. Others may not recognize the dangers that come with a lack of self-discipline. Still others may not be self-disciplined themselves in order to discipline their own children. Whatever the case, the lack of a disciplined life is regularly on display in our culture today. The idea of schedules, routines, and good habits are portrayed as rigid and no fun, a punishment instead of a joyful freedom. It is just too easy for our strong self-wills to resist being self-disciplined and even avoiding the discipline of others. But the reality is that as Christians, we know how much we need to grow in self-discipline in all areas of life. And it should be clear that we need to equip our children to become self-disciplined as well. So let's dig into this painful subject of discipline for the glory of God and for the good of our children.
Before getting into specifics, I need to make sure we have the right idea about what the process of producing self-discipline looks like. By the very prefix self, it is clear that this form of discipline is something that comes from within self, not outside of self. To put it in the negative, a child has not yet become self-disciplined in a particular area of his life if it takes parental discipline in order to accomplish it. For example, one of my sons is extremely self-disciplined when it comes to working out with weights. He has a good routine and rarely breaks it. I never have to tell him to work out today or there'll be consequences. Instead, I have to tell myself to work out today or there will be old man consequences. Yet this same son rarely, if ever, makes his bed in the morning without being told to do it. He is not self-disciplined in his bed making. And it appears that he doesn't care to be self-disciplined in making his bed ever in his life. It just isn't that important to him. So you get the difference, right? When discipline has moved from the external to the internal, when a person is telling himself what to do rather than waiting to be told, then the goal of self-discipline has been reached. But let's not miss one other essential component of self-discipline. Self-discipline, according to Galatians 5, is a fruit of the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives. In other words, biblical self-discipline is not truly self-generated. It comes from the self that is moved by the Spirit of God, that is cooperating with the work of the Spirit. So that means we actually want our children to move from being solely disciplined by us to become disciplined by the Holy Spirit. This truth keeps us from teaching our children that it is all up to them to pull themselves up by their own bootstraps and just be disciplined on their own. They, like us, need to rely on the work of the Spirit and keep in step with the Spirit rather than with our old sinful self. We want our children to develop disciplines of grace for their bodies and souls, physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, and relationally. So let's talk about some practical disciplines that must be in the lives of all of our children and how to discipline our children to that end. First, disciplining the body, the physical health disciplines. From the earliest of years, parents are intuitively training their children how to use their bodies, not leaving it to children to somehow learn on their own. We teach them how to use their limbs to crawl and then walk. We teach them how to use their tongues to talk. We teach them how to eat and what to eat and what not to eat. We teach them how to use the toilet rather than just rely on a diaper. We even teach them how to sleep, getting rest for their bodies. But to have a self-disciplined child, we must make a concerted effort in many of these bodily areas, making sure they conform to godliness and righteousness. First, children need self-discipline in their eating. For those Americans out there listening to this podcast, I probably don't have to tell you about the problems we are facing in our eating in this country, but I will anyway. The reality is that one in five children are obese. This epidemic has been getting worse, not better, with more and more preschool children labeled as overweight as well. On any given day, over one-third of American children will eat fast food. 
We Americans tend to eat more processed food, more junk food, and larger portions of food than we should by most health experts' assessments. Now, I recognize that we all have different ideas about healthy eating, and we have the freedom to think in those ways. Even though some would disagree with me, the Bible doesn't give us one particular diet that all Christians must adhere to. Yet Scripture is clear that in whatever we eat or drink, it must be first to glorify God, not self. Gluttony is a sin. Simply consuming food with no thought to its impact on our bodies is not being a good steward of our bodies. There are key disciplines we must pass on to our children, even though we all think differently about our typical food menus. So here are some important practices to keep in mind. First, in the early years, don't give your child the choice of what to eat. You are training them to have a balanced diet, not just eat whatever they choose. By your shopping and your menu planning, demonstrate what is healthy to eat and what is not. What is a snack and what is a meal? What can we eat and drink to glorify God and to sanctify the health needs of our bodies? Of course, children don't like everything that is put before them. But you will only produce picky eaters if you give choices or do not give a variety of meals throughout the week. Even if your child only wants chicken nuggets and hates vegetables, don't let them be in control. This is self-discipline that is harmful, not helpful. Second, practice good mealtime habits. I know this may sound obvious to some of you, but eat as many meals together as a family. It's not a good habit to regularly drive through the fast food restaurant and eat in the van on the way to a ball game. And it's not a good habit for family members to eat at different times or just shove down their meals and leave the table as quick as possible. Being self-disciplined in eating involves watching our children eat, what portions they are eating, and their table manners as well. Third, talk about the use and abuse of food. Food and the ability to eat are great gifts from the Lord. But we don't want our children to learn bad habits in their eating, to abuse food in any way. In the extreme, they could develop early eating disorders, being too consumed with their body image. Or they can abuse food for their comfort, to escape, or eating just because they are bored. Don't let your child, even when your child is older, to just raid your pantry or your refrigerator. Your children need discipline and accountability first in order to become more self-disciplined. Well, let's move on to another subject, your child's discipline with their exercise habits. To me, it's fairly embarrassing that our athletes out there feel they have to run ad campaigns to tell children to play outside 60 minutes a day. Growing up, I was running around, biking, sledding, etc., several hours a day without my parents having to tell me to do it. But the reality is that we do live in different times. Our children are growing up with a more sedentary lifestyle, looking at screens and not moving around as much. So that which was normal and natural over the past generations must now be disciplined. You may need more self-discipline in this area as well, like me. Again, this looks different in every family, but all our children need to give regular time and effort to physical exercise. This may require you to restrict and discipline them in their use of technology and their screen time. 
We'll talk about that in a later podcast. You may have to chart activities to help keep accountability. You may have to invest in some fitness equipment. You may have to help them set some exercise goals, maybe even exercise together. The bottom line is not just to leave children to themselves. Train them to take care of their bodies by keeping more physically fit and not just sitting around all day. Third, your child needs discipline in their rest and sleep habits. Personally, I'm convinced that most children don't get enough sleep. They are allowed to stay up way too late or dictate their own bedtimes. They are also undisciplined in the times they sleep, different bedtimes every night, sleeping in too long on Saturdays, etc. And many children are not resting well on Sunday, the Lord's Day, to be rejuvenated for the week ahead. Much research demonstrates that sleep deprivation is connected to all sorts of behavioral problems in children, ADHD, learning issues, and others. Children who are not disciplined in their sleep habits also tend to get sicker faster and longer, not establishing good immune systems early enough. Sleep is a great blessing given to us by God to repair and refresh the body and soul, but it is also meant to be a discipline. Why do we have night owls who are terrible morning persons? Well, mainly because they either were not disciplined to go to bed at the right times or refused to exercise self-discipline in this area on their own. So while some may call me a sleep Nazi, here are just a few suggestions. Choose a wise bedtime and wake time and stick to it. For us, our under age 10 children went to bed at 7 o'clock and woke up at 5 a.m. That's 10 solid hours, which fits within what sleep experts say is most helpful for young children. You can have a later Friday night bedtime, but don't shift away too much from a nightly discipline. Of course, you may have church or school activities that keep your child out later, so you'll need to adjust accordingly. The point is that regularity and consistency are the bedrocks of all discipline, including sleep. Then teach your children the importance of rest. This starts with the right understanding of the Lord's Day, that it is a day of worship as well as rest. We are able to work hard six days, so we have the rest for body and soul on that one day. So allowing your child to work or play all day on Sunday is not disciplining them to rest well. Teach them the Lord's Day rest is a blessing, not a burden. Then build in rest times at other times during the week, especially for our younger children. Their little bodies need the rest, so don't deprive them of it. And then also, as your children grow older, don't let them get over busy and never rest. Most of our bad habits in sleeping are set during the high school and college years. Too many activities, too much study, too much work and play, too much late night TV. Our teens still need regular bedtimes and the right amount of sleep. Yes, we want them to be self-disciplined but they may not see the importance or benefit of sleep and rest like they should. Finally, just a last few practical tips on disciplining your child's bodies. Resist over-reliance on medication for sickness. Instead, encourage rest, water drinking, healthy eating. Teach about the abuse of drugs and alcohol, not just assuming they will be disciplined enough to resist them. 
watch for other extreme ways they may be tempted to harm their bodies. And make sure they are not idolizing their bodies or fitness as well. Finally, be a good example of physical health, training them to glorify God with their bodies as living sacrifices. Now let's talk about another area of self-discipline, disciplining the mind, mental health disciplines. Just as we want our children to be self-disciplined with their bodies, we should train them to be disciplined in their thinking. An undisciplined mind is one that rarely thinks rationally, that is easily swayed by lies and myths, a person who cannot think for himself. So let's consider some ways we need to discipline our children's minds so that they can think with renewed minds. Of course, we recognize the spirit must ultimately renew their minds so that they can think as God created them to think. First, create and maintain good schedules and routines. Now, this may not seem to fall under the category of mental discipline, but it is necessary to promote a healthy discipline of the mind. God is a God of order and routine habits. He has designed the human being to work within systems and patterns, learning habits of thought and activity. We know, for example, that babies need schedules of feeding and sleeping. Toddlers always function better when in a routine. Educational systems are set up on schedules, again, and patterns. In other words, it's not just people with OCD that love and require schedules and organization. It is a mental discipline to work within time frames and routines. Your child would become a better thinker within structure and schedule. Parents need to set up these routines as a way to teach time management and order. Does this mean your child has no freedom or free time or is supposed to be some robot living in your time-obsessed system? Not at all. The freedom comes with a routine within a well-designed time schedule. Doesn't it just promote a mundane, boring life when we live according to schedules and routines? It could, if that's all we're living for. But a self-disciplined person uses schedules to get things done, to actually enjoy life and thrive in the calling God has given him or her. Schedules and routines prevent a child from becoming a procrastinator, from becoming lazy, undisciplined in time management. And again, he will become free to use his mind well to the glory of God. Here's another area. Encourage your children in the discipline of study. Many children, if left to themselves, may opt out of going to school altogether. So it's a good thing that normal parents and normal state laws require children to be educated. But children are also designed by God to be naturally inquisitive, to want to learn, to desire to grow in knowledge, even if school seems boring. So to promote a self-disciplined mind, you must encourage the discipline of study. Your child needs to be disciplined to give time to reading, to observation, to analysis, to memorization, to learning. All children growing up in Christian households should be excellent students. Now, I don't mean just A students. I mean disciplined studiers. 
By the way, it's interesting that we use the word discipline to describe the various domains of knowledge. There's the discipline of the natural sciences, of social sciences, of economics, of law, etc. Academic disciplines are subjects that are studied in higher education. At first, you may have to work through a lot of tears as your children learn to read, or they want to avoid doing homework or studying for a test. But in the end, you want to see a child embrace his or her own education, to love to learn, to look forward to digging more deeply into subjects, to want to have knowledge that leads to wisdom and understanding. So parent, don't forsake the discipline of study or let your child figure out how to study on his own. He or she needs parents who will promote good habits of learning and enjoy the fruit of the disciplined mind. Thirdly, teach your child to be a disciplined thinker. Just because your child does well in school doesn't mean he will automatically be a good thinker. There seems to be a deficit in our world of people who can think biblically and soundly employing godly reason to the problems of this life. Hopefully you desire for your child to use his mind to think well. So what are some practical ways to create sound, disciplined thinkers? First, make sure your child is reading, not just absorbing the entertainment media. Turn off the television, the video games, and get them to read all types of books. Read with them, to them, and discipline them to read, read, read. Then second, have conversations about the topics and current events of the day. Don't shy away from politics or what's happening in the culture. Your child needs to be helped to think through what is true and what is false. Assign them reading on current events and challenge them to think about them well. Third, interact with your child about what they are watching on TV, in movies, music, etc. We'll talk about this more in another podcast. But the main point is that you need to discipline them to think through the worldview that is being presented by the media. Hopefully they will become self-disciplined in their thought process and not just absorb the propaganda that is being shoved their way. Fourth, challenge your child's tendency to give into emotion rather than rational thought. When your child is upset, it will be easy for them to believe lies or to look at life through fearful, anxious, or angry lenses. This is the time for you to teach your child how to problem solve, how to think through what is happening to them, and how to best respond. Teach your child to not just react, but to think wisely. Biblically speaking, a mind that is self-disciplined is one that is wise, not foolish. It thinks before speaking and responding to others. So these are just some ideas to encourage you in the right direction of promoting good mental disciplines in your child. This is not just some effort to have a smart or intelligent child, but one who believes the truth can engage his or her mind and is growing with a renewed mind in the spirit. In the end, we want our children to think for themselves but not in the way the world defines that concept. The world sees thinking for self as only happening when we reject traditions or what our parents believe. 
Instead, thinking for ourselves is resisting the lies of this world, the deception of our own sin and of Satan, and striving to think God's thoughts after him. Let's now consider one more essential area of self-discipline for our children. Disciplining the soul, spiritual health disciplines. Our ultimate discipline goal is that our children become disciples of Christ. Only by loving and following Jesus will our children become truly disciplined people. So what is the parent's role in disciplining the souls of their children? How do we contribute to their overall spiritual health? Well, a whole lot of it rests in what sort of example we are setting, on what sorts of spiritual disciplines are on display for our children. And of course, teaching them to obey our rules and God's law is a form of spiritual discipline that they will either reject or embrace. Being spiritually self-disciplined requires a desire to love and obey God when parents are not around. So let me go over just a few important areas to consider in this form of spiritual disciplines. First, discipline your children to read God's Word for themselves. When children are young, you need to read God's Word to them, including good Bible storybooks as well as straight-up raw Bible Hopefully, you will teach them and give them an early love for the Bible, a love for the stories, and most importantly, a love for the God of the Bible. It should be a banner day when your child receives his very first Bible that he can read for himself. And not just some children's Bible with all sorts of bells and whistles, but a real adult Bible that is his to study and cherish. But will buying your child a Bible mean he reads it every day on his or her own? Not necessarily. Or maybe at first, but not as they get older. So again, it will be up to you to instill the discipline of Bible reading at first. It should be just as important as any other reading and studying. In other words, just because reading a history textbook is required for school doesn't mean it's more important than daily Bible reading. Through the years, finding good devotionals and study guides and Christian books will add to the discipline of Bible reading and study. Second, discipline your children to pray. Prayer is a spiritual discipline that has become that much more difficult in our noisy, busy, media-distracting world. Taking time to be quiet and withdraw and pray is a tough task, even for us as adults. At first, we pray with our younger children, teaching them to pray. Hopefully, you are praying at mealtimes and bedtimes and at other times. Prayer should also always be a part of our rebuke and punishment for disobedience as we spank and pray, correct and pray, teaching children to confess and pray to God for grace and help and forgiveness. Then, as they get older and have bigger struggles, We point them to their loving Heavenly Father where they can approach the throne of grace through prayer. Be ready and available to pray with your child, but also send him to his room and urge him to take time in prayer. Third, discipline your children to worship corporately. 
Just think what would happen if God had not set a pattern for the Lord's Day to be a regular time the local church gathers to worship as a body. What if we were just left to ourselves to gather whenever we wanted, how often we wanted? But instead, Sunday comes every week, 52 weeks a year. A day has been set aside for us. What a blessing that is to our spiritual disciplines. Unfortunately, too many Christians see the Lord's Day worship as quasi-optional or don't seem to mind that they attend a percentage of the year, but not every Sunday. If I may be so bold, it's always discouraging for me to see families with children in sports miss many Sundays a year because they are traveling or playing in tournaments. I'm not trying to be judgmental here, but I'm always concerned about what they are teaching their children about corporate worship. I won't even get started on the reality that many families treat the Lord's day as if it was a Lord's half a day or a Lord's third of the day. What we all need to wrestle with as parents is how to train our children to love the church, to value being in worship, to desire to hear the word preached every week, not just every so often, to want to be singing and praying with other believers. There are plenty of children who are raised in the church who reject it when they are no longer forced to go by their parents. But there are also a lot of children who were never taught to love the church and be consistent and regular in worship. Something else seemed to regularly get in the way. If we truly want to see our children be spiritually self-disciplined, then discipline them to be in church, to be in Sunday school, to be in youth group, week in and week out, the rest of their young lives. Now, so much more could be said on the topic of self-discipline, like how do we promote self-discipline in cleaning the home, making beds, being good stewards of our possessions. The reality is that we all lack self-discipline in areas that we don't really enjoy that much, don't seem too important to us, or that are really hard. It should not surprise us too much that our children also appear self-disciplined in some areas, but not so much in others. That's why discipline is a painfully long process. They need you to not go away, never quit on them, and continue to advocate for a life as a disciplined disciple of Jesus. But you also must rely on the work of the Holy Spirit to produce that necessary fruit of self-discipline as your child grows in grace. Thank you for listening to Biblical Counseling Today with Dr. John Kwasney. This weekly podcast is supported by Biblical Counseling and Training Ministries, which you can learn more about at bctministries.com. If you have found yourself encouraged or challenged today, please share this podcast with your church, family, and friends. Rate us on iTunes and your social media outlets. It really helps. Until next time, may you enjoy the riches of God's compassionate grace and mercy in your life.